Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss Uncaged Podcast. So this episode, we're going to definitely geek out on technology. Um, this individual came way of Donnie, and it was just kind of like a, a LinkedIn. Kind of, you guys definitely connect, and we made a connection. We had a conversation offline, and it was kind of like we definitely had some synergy. And I'm just looking forward to having this conversation. So you know I always deem whoever I'm interviewing by a particular name. So this episode, yeah. I'm going to deem this individual the AI boss. So why don't you tell our audience a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Oh, well, that's, uh, that's a bit kind of you, Mr. Uh, Mr. Grant. Um, so uh, first of all, I'm introduce myself. My name is uh, Dr. Leroy Simpson. I'm an industrial organizational psychologist um, who studies work in the workplace, essentially. Um, so I've been practicing for about 16 years now and still going. And uh, my sweet spots are training, learning, coaching, as well as uh, assessments and evaluations of, you know, skills and personal development, as well as mental health in the workplace. And uh, the AI concept that you bought up. Uh, yes, so I've been focusing my research more on statistics. Um, like I said, taking that assessment piece and really kind of blowing it up into statistics, which uh, powers most AI. And of course, it's all, all evolutionizing. Um, that's even a word, but, um, yeah, I've been furthering my interest in AI because it's, it's becoming an integral part of our world very rapidly. Um, it, I mean, right now, I think, I don't know, you know, when this podcast will be out, but it's now at this moment in January, it's like really a flavor of the month. Everybody's AI, AI, and it's, you know, how we get new tech and how we get in you know, excited about a new thingy we can play with. And uh, my research is more on the psychological relationship and the behavioral relationship of it. In other words, how how are people using it? How are people adapting to it? And uh, that's what I further explore as a psychologist, especially in the workplace. So um, pretty much summarizing, it's like I like to look, explore, and even programming my own AI to where people understand it, can relate to it. And that is more, it takes more of a servant position rather than a guiding or judging position, if that makes sense. Got it. Got it. So, I mean, with, with that, I mean, obviously you're specializing more so in, in, in AI right now. You're talking about robotics. So like, just, just pull it back a little bit. Like, like what are you an actual doctor in? Psychology. So, and like I said, my background is psychology and my specialty is industrial organizational. Like I said, workplace psychology, work psychology, um, a business psychology, if you will, a little bit. Um, so like, I don't, I'm not a formal, like it person, if that makes sense or a, you know, a, a computer engineering person. I, I have much respect for those guys. So my background is strictly in psychology, um, in Got that it. instance. So, I mean, so, so how does a psychologist then jumps, jump into that technology space? I mean, obviously you're talking about one spectrum, which has always been around for like since the dawn of time. Right. And now you're dumping into this whole new spectrum, this whole new space with technology. Like, when did that happen for you? Like, when did you wake up on a random Tuesday and say, OK, you know, what? I'm going to take everything that I've learned on this space and I'm going to go into creating the dawn of artificial intelligence? Well, it was actually a random Friday. 
<laughs> I remember that. Um, I remember that vaguely because it was Friday. I wanted to learn how to code. I was actually bored with psychology for a while. I, I didn't really like what was going on in my field. So I figured I'd just try something new. And, you know, thankfully I have a brother that is a software engineer. And uh, we've been talking, we were talking that Friday about project management because he, then he was a project manager. Now he's full, full stack software engineer. And uh, we've been talking. And I told him, I said, you know what, you code, like, how was that? And he said, he began to break it down to me. He said, you know what, you got a background in psychology, but you deal with people, you should go to project management. And I said, well, I want to learn the coding side too. And that was, I would say, almost three years ago. And so I explored, I only know the language of Python, and um, it helps me learn a lot about that coding logic. So I began reading and reading and reading and and uh, then I developed more of a kind of a program for Python and stopped a little bit. And, uh, you know, in teaching, I'm also a professor by trade and, and I, I was teaching stats. Uh, so I, now, part, then I never did like stats because I didn't see a purpose for it. You know, too many formulas, too, too many steps. Uh, but when I realized that statistics is actually the cornerstone to build an AI brain, that was like, ding. I'm like, oh, wait, I got to explore this a little bit more. And then I begin to really explore it and really delve deep into it. Um, I even having six Alexas in my house. Uh, and um, got to tell the people I hear his name. But um, I've had I've had a fascination with how it interacts and been reading a lot of articles on how it's getting to replace certain things, which I'm like, no, it shouldn't do that. And me being the ever curious psychology background, I'm like, well, how do people feel about it? I mean, you can have somebody really automate your, oh, it's not somebody, a thing, automate your podcast. You can sit on your button, then you come back in Monday and you find out or record somebody swearing. But then again, you can have AI to say, um, have all the swear words uh, pleaded out. But that's all well and good. That's very efficient. But then do we evolve it enough to replace the boss and boss uncaged? Uh, you at the park and now you have a robotic uh, AI folks uh, asking questions and doing things. So that's the line that I want to research and I am currently researching. What, what, what is the relationship? What does AI serve in our society today? And better still, what should it serve? Um, personally, I can tell you with me, I think it should be an assistant. I think it's a support. I, it should make recommendations, but at the end of the day, it's still an assistant. You know, it's Jeeves, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's Jeffrey, you know, it's not my boss. It's not, it shouldn't tell me what pills I should take in the morning. It shouldn't tell me if I'm good enough to go out of school. And it really should not tell me if I'm good enough for a job or not. So that's just one of many facets that we look at. Um, in psychology about AI, those who are interested in it. Got it, got it. So, I mean, I mean, obviously this is a, it's a touchy topic with, with a lot of people, right? I mean, they have the age group of older people that's kind of like the hell with, I'm not going to get um, her name, you know, the, the the Amazon version of my house. I'm not going to use the Google devices. I'm not going to use Siri. I'm not going to use all these different things because one, they don't understand it. So I want to kind of dive into like your psyche a little bit, right? It's like if you could then define yourself in three to five words, what would those three to five words be for you? Defining what exactly, like what AI is, or no, well, you yourself. If you could define oh, yourself myself. in three to five. Oh, okay. See, yeah, unfortunately, we think too deep, so apologize for that. Five words to describe myself, honestly, would be individual that's interested in analytics. 
Okay. Individual interested in analytics. So I was forward. So I want to make sure I had it right. I like to analyze stuff. I like to research stuff. I like to investigate stuff. I, I've always had that innate nature in me to be curious. Hence, that's why I went into psychology because humans are complex other than the earth itself. So that would describe me in a T, I would think, if I answered your question correctly. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just keep going down that rabbit hole, right? So you're defining yourself as being highly analytical, right? And then yes. in the world of AI, I mean, everything is analytics. Everything is essentially data. And like you were saying before, like having a conversation with, with a bot that's saying, okay, it can curse at you, or you can say remove all the curses, or essentially substitute an individual person like boss, right? And, and putting that robotic sense in there. How does that going to work with you in, in the psychological aspects? If everything is essentially binary on and off, do you think that you can kind of program AI to then step into that spectrum? I think that we are a long way from programming AI to take the place of something in absolution. So here's what I mean by that. So with me, I, I, I take myself an example. Now, um, the A word, like I said, I have one on my desk, so I don't want to aggravate her. If I ask her to tell me, give me my day schedule, from which I program, that's all right, because again, she's being an assistant. But she should never tell me what type of medicine I should take. She should never tell me that um, I, if my kid is good enough to go into a, 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 a top school or, or, or you know, a, a top known school. I mean, our programming, is, it, again, it should be in servitude. I mean, I don't want, think about this, and I want to actually ask Connor with a question. Um, would you want a robot taking over your podcast? And I mean completely. You're asking an individual that, that's always willing to bend the rules and, and, and jump into that spectrum to that space. So I would, I would I mean, at the minimum do one. I would at least do one episode just to, just to see what the results would be. But throwing that question back at you, well, you're saying that, okay, you don't want AI to decide on what medication you could take. Well, let's say, right, AI is in your, your clothes or in your watch, and you may be about to have a stroke or a heart attack or something, and AI is telling you that you need to take this medicine to, for, before this effect happens, but you don't know what's happening, but AI does. Would you not want to kind of save your life if that was an opportunity? Yes, I would. Yes, I would. But how did that conversation originate? That is the question that that should be asked, right? So, okay. So I know I need to know to take this drug, right? So I'm like, it, it's in, let's say I have a, uh, a shirt I wear that tells me that, you know, monitors whatever illness I have and it, it's mine's my heart. And, uh, like, it feels like the shirt may just kind of pinch me a little bit. Say, oh, you need to go take your, uh, you need to take your medicine. That's an assistant. I did not go into the office and say, well, AI, my heart hurts. What medicine should I take for it? See, it didn't originate. It, it originated with human-to-human -human expertise. Now, the AI is going to be there since that doctor can't be there. Now, that I believe. But, again, it's serving. It, it, it may be analyzing in that instance, but it's still in servitude in my, or, or in support or assistance in that instance. See, what we have to understand is that in the beginning stages of this, unless uh, robotics can uh, accurately be uh, almost a human-like, but we'll never have a, in my opinion, a robotic governor or a robotic mayor. We'll never have a robo-police force. 
we, we won't have those things. Um, we won't have a robotic judge, a robotic jury, a robotic admissions, uh, admissions panel, because we still have to consider the uniqueness of what human beings are. Um, now, going back on that, let, let's, let's take the kind of the, the animalistic part. Now, it's, a thought just came to me, like to say that, will we have a robotic uh, rancher or a robot that feeds livestock or a robot that is a guard for, you know, uh, the, the, you know, farm animals, like, like sure. something like that. And, and then, uh, which kind of is the you know, alarm systems, because that's kind of AI a little bit with sensors and all that. Um, see, that's a task that I believe would be attributed that AI is good for protecting something, you know, while the, you know, while the human being is, isn't, nah, I wouldn't say capacity, but tired, sleep, um, you know, relax, right? So the sir, so that's what I'm saying. Is is that your your question, which is a very good question, is like, yes, it should help in that instance in healthcare, but should it originate that? That is with the line, the fine line that we have to explore here. It's definitely very interesting because I mean, obviously, we've seen like hundreds of movies in our lifetime at this point, and some of the newer people that are being raised up, they're seeing more and more movies. I mean, you have movies like Chappie, you have movies like Terminator, you know, Skynet. So, I mean, you're you're like in that spectrum of that space right now. So my question is, is like, how does someone even get into that space? Again, you came from a psychological background. You understand the A's and the B's. You understand the, the ones and the O's. So you're very binary by nature. But let's say there's somebody listening to this podcast and they're like, you know, I'm really big into automation. I love automation. But what's my next step to make automation more my business? Well, you know what, to be honest with you, I would say, let's see, to be Honest, I, I'm gonna tell you how I got into it. I got into it by programming, like learning what programming is, how it's done, uh, what goes into it, what's required of it. Uh, I would say that's a very good start, but one could also maybe go into engineering as well um, and, and robotics. I mean, I would explore what's being automated first, like because that, that started with engineering, right? Uh, we didn't have really robots in the 60s, 70s, 80s, but things started to become automated. Like uh, our, like you said, the, the watch, the Apple Watch is a perfect example. Like it, automation and AI is big. It's a huge, 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 huge realm. It's a huge enough realm to, um, to where we can really explore any aspect of our lives, healthcare, education, finance, which are the big three, in my opinion, that impact life in general. But you also have, um, let's see, you also have agriculture. You also have, um, you know, social, you even have, like I said, social assistance, you all, governmental. You, you have a lot of different realms that AI is in. So it's not just really kind of one size fits all. But I would say look into the industry into what what you want to automate. Like um, uh, Amazon. Amazon is just tech, right? Amazon is a, is a, is a giant tech company. So it does all things technical and re and all things retail, right? So if you're interested in retail business, I would say look at that. Look at their e-commerce site. Look at um, how they use it, how they uh, distribute it. And I would say that would be a good interest to start. So, uh, and this kind of ties into what I say as an IO when people want to go into you know get a job. Like what, what it's not what job that you want. But what industry are you interested in? Because if you solve problems on the industry level. You'll explore so many, so many things, right? So, 
interesting. Definitely interesting. That's what yeah. I would. That's what I would say. Yeah. So I, I'm just I'm just thinking about it, and again, I'm like I'm just I, I like playing devil's advocate with this particular topic because like this is now, and I think some people are like they're you know they've been watching it on TV and they've been holding back, but based upon your your definition of AI and automation, you know, you're talking about like machine to machine learning, you're talking about Internet of Things, which is kind of like old old terminology that's still in existence today, but more so, I'm going to dive into like the servitude. You're talking about essentially building these robotic automations or these AI systems into servitude, and if you kind of Think about historically anything that's essentially slaved, right? That's designed to be a slave essentially would break out the system. Are you not fearful of that potentially happening down the road with the mindset of putting these robots into servitude? Uh, so in other words, will Skynet ever come true? Um, I would say, honestly, and that's the thing that we have to look at down the road because I can't, I don't want to give a definitive answer of fear because I've never experienced it. Now, the thing I, I will give credit to society though they, they're not 100 percent trustful and honestly i'm not really 100 percent trustful because i know my uh bot at home listens a little bit too hard uh at what i say and the thing is is that we again have to be we were always the dominant man man is dominant on the i guess hierarchical level so we make these things but we have to be careful about accepting them. I mean, the, 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 the robotics inventor that has his house automated will be very different from the guy who, who works in construction, just comes home and, and wants to relax. He wants to, um, the, and it's about life. I guess what I'm saying is about lifestyle. So I, do I myself have a fear of them taking over? Not really, because I think we're smart enough. Uh, I mean, I hope I'm not giving too much credit, but I think we're smart to realize and say, you know what? You need to think, but you need to think about what I want you to think about, right? And, and, and in a realm of what I want you to think about. Um, example, so let's go back to our uh, shirt example, right? You wear the shirt that tells you when you need to take a pill. And, um, you know, the shirt thinks, say, you know what, you know, uh, you know, Roy is like having these onsets at eight o'clock on a Wednesday, and he's done it for three times, three Wednesdays in a row. So I may kind of be on alert to let Roy know that he may, this may come on again at eight o'clock. My shirt, then that's the extent, that's the end. Like, I don't want to add features to it to say, you know what, I want to detect your water dehydration. I want it to detect when you're hungry. I want to detect when you sweat. That is too much, I think. See, and then the shirt starts to come to life and then all of a sudden you you wear it and now it starts hugging the heck out of you because now it thinks about now it's starting to think like me like I'm it it, it thinks too much and that's what the drawing line or the kind of drawing a line of not making it too smart but enough to where it understands its function that it was built or designed and built to administer. All right, so let, let, I'm going to dive into another question, and this is going to, we're going to switch up things a little bit, right? Um, so hearing you speak, obviously, you've been into this technology space for a period of time, but also you've been in psycho, the psychological aspect for a period of time as well, too. But in reality, like, somebody may be listening to you right now and saying it's an overnight success, like, you know, you've only been in AI for, like, three years. But in reality, how long have you been on your journey? Like, like I mean, obviously, a doctrine takes a period of time, but when did this really start for you? The, the psycho psychology in general? 
you know, the, the combination between the two, because I mean, you're, you're, you're two halves of one brain are working together in, in synchronicity. So like, how long did it take you to get from the dawn of, okay, I'm going to dive into this psychological aspect into then jumping into AI? Well, I, honestly, it took me a while because I've always loved technology. My wife says, you're always on the computer. You're always searching, reading. Uh, you're always like, uh, uh, you know, creating PowerPoints. You, you're always doing all this, all this stuff with that. So it's like, I've only been in it, like I said, really three, maybe four years as kind of looking at it, as I kind of glimpsing at it, like, oh, I like the cool things that it does. But, you know, when I first, at, at first glance, like I said, I was interested really in stats at the time and I wasn't interested in, you know, coding. I, I didn't really think in those areas because I, I, I just, my interest just wasn't there. But um, as things evolved three years ago, I began to kind of take notice of really like what is our relationship with these things that we're building, right? What 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 is who is watching for that? Who you know? A lot of companies sell a lot of a lot of things, but are we pushing product? Or are we really watching for people's safety here? You know, and even with the onset of drones, um, having drones are are a big part of AI. They can be dangerous. They could be helpful. Um, and knowing things that are knowing knowing what's automated and knowing or being aware of what can think beyond automated is what really got my brain to thinking, especially being in a workspace. Because part of part of the workspace is sales. So we're selling all this great technology, but are we thinking about the ramifications of it? A uh, perfect example, like using AI in a workplace. Um, there are call centers that are writing out scripts for call agents, right? And um, you wonder if that is, if that's right. Because if, 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 an a, excuse me, if AI writes this good, then why do I need a call center agent? Because somebody wants to talk to somebody, another human being. Somebody wants to talk to somebody. Somebody doesn't want to talk to some bot, right? And also, we and, and kind of tra uh, transitioning into another subject of that, uh, of me, you know, learning AI, it's like I noticed that people reject a lot of, you know, chat bots and they don't want to talk to a chat bot. They, they because, and it, this is the funny thing, I think, is that chat bots sound exactly like things that are programmed to want money. Like the biggest major phrase, how can I help you? Is there anything I can help you with? No, <laughs> there's nothing you can help me with. I'm just here. To look and read. So um, it, I think it was the onset really of looking at like the different facets of technology and how this is really coming together. And I think what really kind of iced the cake for me was like getting robo assistance or you know, uh, Alexis for my home. And um, I just began picking them apart. What can I teach this? How can I program it? And I just begin deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And then that along with learning how to code, it really opened my eyes up to a lot. Like, wow, I really want to see where this goes, so. Interesting, interesting. So, I mean, I, I, I'm playing devil's advocate again, right? I mean, you made a comment about not a person not wanting to speak to a bot. And earlier on, you were talking about, you know, would I substitute myself with a bot to host the Boston Cage podcast? So it brings me to this next topic of like the deep fake, right? So let's say if I pull deep fake in, so visually it, it, it appears to be me. And to your point, you're using copy to then write, you know, AI of artificial copy. Technically speaking, I could be 
a, a bot, but the average person may not even recognize that. Would you agree with that? Uh, yes and no. In a sense. So, um, and, and, I, and I'm going to lead off into that question, um, kind of going to the forest a little bit, because it made me think of something like, what if the bot is so good that a contract comes out of that? Like, wow, that podcast is good. Like, like who really hosted that? You say, well, my bot did. Well, I want to hire your bot. So the software company that created your bot is going to get a contract because they're going to build their own host, so to speak. And where does that leave Boss and Cage? I mean, you still may pull in your stuff, but then again, because you know how humans are. Well, we, if, if we find a good thing, we're going to duplicate it. Lock, stock, and barrel. That enhance our economy is born. So, I mean, it's, it's, it, if we don't give it a place, I think, um, like there's nothing wrong with automating tasks, repetitive tasks, and there's nothing, having a, nothing wrong with having a system. But if we don't put it in its place, then you know how people are. I can, do I have to pay Mr. Grant all this money or can I let his bot do it? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we're all about paying money. And, and it really, it, it, you know what? It comes down to the dollar. I mean, that's the way things are grown from, ideas formed from. It's all about who can who can save a buck, right? So yeah, that 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 pot that bot from Boston Cage may be pulling in. It may be pulling great advertising. Like I said, it's it's a win. It, it, the, we got to look for the win that the bot serves, and if that does bring about that win then yeah, I say use it all the way. So I'm not necessarily, like, again, I, I want to be sure that I am, I'm actually pro AI. I am pro AI. I'm just not pro AI master, if that makes sense. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I'm, I'm also pro AI as well too. I mean, I mean, in my house, I probably got like eight devices all over this house that, you know, even my damn toothbrushes is pretty much <laughs> so like all 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 bs aside like so i i'm definitely in there so like that's why i love having this conversation i'm just like literally diving into it i'm just thinking about like you know the whole deep fake thing was like to your point right why would someone want to pay boss and cage when they could essentially pay the bot but again if i'm programming the bot to essentially assimilate me then there's only mm-hmm. one me, right? There's going to be a limitation of how much the bot can be. But if the bot can be 80% of where I'm at right now and it can do mm-hmm. what I'm doing, it could be interviewing mm-hmm. you and being on two other podcasts at the same damn time. Well, then I'm tripling like my network. I'm tripling everything that I'm doing, but I'm not physically doing it. So it allows me to free up time to do other things while the bot is doing these interviews and also being interviewed as well. Then shit, mm-hmm. that's a that's a dub if I ever heard one. <laughs> From the outside, yes. Now let, let, let's take it and you know, kind of take a family vacation with that with that ideology, right? Yep. So the bot is is good. It emulates you. you it's programmed to be you, and it brings you. It, it triples your revenue, right? So good thing. I agree with you. Totally good thing. Now my next question: How long will that last? That is the question that we have to answer. Ask ourselves uh, again. Let's think business like well. It's like, because, you know, again, let, let's let's think about things. You know, there is a person out there that wants to <laughs> take what you have and either make it better or make it more efficient. And then, again, we have, now we have robo-podcasters. So, I mean, the, the thing is this. I'm not, again, I'm not against AI at all. But you should not have a twin, a robotic twin that's doing your, doing what you do best. Because um, do I want to talk to Mr. Grant's bot or do I want to talk to Mr. Grant? 
and and let's talk about really that social conduit there. It's like I'm never going to talk to Mr. Grant. I'm talking to his butt. Like I I don't want to do that. And then then your market starts to tighten because they know now that they're talking to a bot, not the real Mr. Grant. They're not they're not talking to the real the real deal. And that goes back to my chatbot example. How, how can I help you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um. We have to find a way to find that meaningful balance psychologically, because again, taking your example again, it's like maybe you can program a bot to maybe ask five questions. You know, your bot is looking at uh, your bot may be playing a video. I bet you know, they're probably doing this already. So you record, let's say, a thousand questions. Like you just really grind yourself, you kind of lock yourself in the room, you're asking like a bunch of questions, like you have a thousand question bank, and you record yourself doing that, right? So you create AI to interview me, and uh, I, uh, we're talking about robotics. So what it's going to do is going to say, hmm, okay, I'm going to pull from my brain that uh, Mr. Grant created for me, and I'm going to ask five questions about robotics. And it's going to have your mannerisms, your personality. Now, that's great. That's efficient. You can come, but and you and you section it off as you know five questions with five questions with Boston Cage, right? And but you still have Mr. Grant that's doing what we're doing right now and still kind of maintaining that presence. Now I say that's brilliant. I say that's a brilliant move. That's what I think AI is good. So again, you have you have a assisting DJ with a smaller role, but an effective role, value-driven role that is not taking over the boss uncaged, but is assisting. And you now your revenue is going on a lot because you're because now it's exciting. It's not taking it over, right? It's only a small portion. It's not doing the entire thing, and that's what I mean. So I I like in psychology. I'm very excited about AI. As a matter of fact, on my website, it's like how can I get you to think about AI in a better light uh, when you do purchase products, when you do write code, when you when 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 you do think and behave with it. You know, what can we do to add on to it? How can we make it sound where it's a helping human being enough, but not too much as to judge me or or be prejudiced prejudiced against me? That's gonna make a life impact decision. Definitely interesting. I so. mean, just hearing you elaborate on that and it just it starts to make me think about okay, so if that's the case, right? And we're talking about controlling AI within within limitations. Well, where would we be right now if that was 100% true? Considering that Facebook's algorithm, it's that that bastard pretty much runs itself, right? And then you have Amazon's algorithm, you have YouTube's algorithm, you have all these algorithms, which essentially is based upon the principles of AI, right? It's essentially just binary information mm. and it's doing right. variables, right? But you have so right. many people that are always trying to game that system figuring out the loopholes to how do I get a curse word on Facebook? Or how do I get Facebook to do an ad for um, a multi-level marketing? Or how do I get this particular style of video that's blocked from YouTube on YouTube? And again, the algorithm was going to verify and update over a period of time, but some of this stuff is going to slip through. So going back to your, your, your statement about the conversation with, with AI, wouldn't, if you ran an algorithm with that, wouldn't it be able to kind of uh, adapt and kind of grow to meet the demands of the audience to where the audience does not really feel like they're losing anything? You know, good question, good question. And one word comes to mind when that happens, and it's called consumerism. Because you just named three entities that deal with consumers, Uh right? Consuming, Facebook consumes data through posts 
and uh, videos and messaging. Um, YouTube consumes data that is stri- strictly video, right? So you got millions of people just eating, 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 and an algorithm had to be created to to satisfy consumerism. Because when you think when we when we think about consumers, it's like again. I want water. That's that's all I care about. I'm not trying to think like a customer to be like, eh, do I want that water or not? And I'm really not trying to think about a client to say, can this water do what I ask it to do? All I want to do is get in, do what I need to do and get out. And I say big tech has definitely thought that through. Oh, you're not human. This is We create something where human beings don't have to think. And my thing is, it, it, it's really clever. I mean, I, I got to give the, you know, the, the, organizations there do there and that's how they think about how fast we consume how fast we want to consume data how fast we want to look at things how fast we want things to appear they're well aware of that and that's really good too some algorithms are really good but some of them are not because then big tech isn't the only one watching now the other uh business guys are watching and then they know now they're getting to know you to put money in their pocket because again nothing is free and it's all about trade you know when you go on instagram if you if you click and if you write a post then all of us if you i can tell you how good this is like, i'm on my laptop uh researching art you know the art class with my daughter 10 minutes later i am on my phone and art classes start calling coming up all of a sudden i'm like wow really and it's like our class after our class after our class. And now advertisers are taking advantage of consumerism because it's now like I'm consuming the, the, the data is in the consummation, which the, which the marketing or the business pays the tech company for that data that have access to me and hoping that we'll bring them more trade. And that's how the dollars start piling up uh, loosely, of course. I probably didn't explain the whole business model, um, but it's all about consumerism. It's all about like what we want to see. It's like our our boredom has gotten, especially with the pandemic. Our boredom has gotten so uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It has gotten so entrenched that we instantly look at our phones, instantly. Twitter, face, uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, which is supposed to be the 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 grandfather of all business and trade related things it's like you see these ads all of a sudden and they're directed towards consumers and not directed towards individuals that want to think and now i do think that since their inception that they're now waiting off or waning off i should say because it's not as much looking at social media anymore um but the algorithms are still there to try and get you to spend some money and that is something that I'm kind of, I'm really against because it's like, what happened to just getting to know people? Yeah, and it gets away even more from solving hometown problems. You know, you know, and that's just like a whole nother facet, I'd say. But I just wanted to answer your question because, you know, I don't want to be that long-winded, so. No, no, I got it. I got it. So, I mean, like, this, obviously, you have entrepreneurial sides to you, right? So this next question kind of deems from like your your history, like historically, were one of your parents in this spectrum in this space Were one of your ancestors an entrepreneur, like, where are you getting that entrepreneur insight from? Oh, my mom, my mom is definitely uh, the entrepreneur. She's also the creative 
which I get that from her too. So I, I'm very happy and proud of that. Um, so that that is where I get that kind of spirit from. Interesting. So I mean, I just talk about you as a kid. Like, you know, what kind of kid were you? Were, were you the kid that was taking apart everything and trying to reformulate them and build random things? Like, let's talk about your childhood a little bit. Man, I was a kid going back. I was a kid heavily into video games. Mm -hmm. um, I was a kid that actually loved to read. And, you know, I'm trying to get, I'm desperately trying to get back into reading because I, I, I do miss it. Uh, I was also a kid who liked outside. I, I had a curiosity. I had a, I had a curiosity of things like, like taking things apart mechanically. Unfortunately, I, I missed that, and I should have like, um, I should have taken more of the interest in that later. Um, the but I find, uh, and you made me kind of think about it. What I find, what I find interesting is that, uh, you know, my grandparents had bought me a computer, and my brother was the one who got fascinated with it. And that's why he's a software engineer today. You know, he, he that computer world fascinated me. The human world more fascinated me. Understanding why people act the way they do, why they behave the way they do, and it was a huge, huge world out there for me. Uh, but I also had the creative side. Like I love again, I love video game graphics. I love the music. I love how the thing came together. I learned to be, I learned things from from games surprisingly. Like it caused you to really think about the next moves you have to make. So I think um, I was that kind of kid that was curious about the world and the human, you know, the human side of it and, and things like that. I I also think that I was also the kid that really wanted to know more about people than have relationships with people. And, I, and I'm deeply thinking about that as well. Um, but I was curious. I, I was definitely a curious uh, young man, I would say. Cool. I mean, you brought up your daughter earlier and you was looking for, for art classes. So it kind of leads me to like my next question is like, like, first of all, you know, did you actually get to sign up for an art class with her? And then my next question is really like, how are you currently juggling like your work life with your family life? Interesting question. So no, I haven't signed up for art class yet, but I'm actually going to sign up for a design class with Roblox. Um, and God knows I, I am blessed in that area to have a daughter that really loves to design. Like her Minecraft is mind blowing. And she knows that Roblox world and like the back of her hand. And she has that same curiosity, scientific curiosity that I have. So I'm signing her up for that and we're going to find an art class because she likes to color draw and man I, I gotta just kind of shout that out if you got a child that loves to do that harness that energy like my goodness that can go into so many industries to where that could be useful like don't for the arts and i wish to god that i was more um active and more pressing in that area um to to be an artist to to write more to be more creative so um, she's, uh, she's going to be learning that kind of programming instance as an art, as well as like the painting, coloring and drawing. Uh, but I believe the second question was, how do I kind of balance entrepreneurship with my family? Well, I want to make it clear that I'm really not a deep entrepreneur like I used to be because I, I'm not enterprising enough to want to sell things, um, and, and, and try to influence people to buy something. Um, I could do it. I have the aptitude for it, but I don't find it in, in, in innately fulfilling. Um, so I've more kind of doing more contracting work now because it suits me into building my personal skills up and my personal interest up and wanting to make the world a, a better place because that that's more my interest. Getting things 
and getting people to a better, getting things and people to a better level. And even if it's a relationship of both. So um, I am more of the uh, taking opportunity. I was just going to, you know, pay good and not too many hours. And I think that's kind of the greatest accomplishment, not having to work multiple hours. I um, want to give a shout out to my friend, Jason Madden, who said that's entrepreneurship. Instead of the E-N, it's the I-N. So um, that's how my balance is. And, and I like it. Nice. So, I mean, with that, let's just talk about your scheduling a little bit. I mean, obviously, I would think like you have a pretty decent regimen, right? So like, what is your morning routine, your morning habits look like? Uh, getting my daughter to go to school. <laughs> so <laughs> you can, <laughs> it's just that but, that, but that's actually active because now you get up, your brain's active. I am definitely more of a morning person. I used to actually work up, wake up and go work out five in the morning. Uh, so I had to be at work at eight o'clock or actually nine. I'm sorry. Good to work at five in the morning, kind of take my time. That's kind of my mental yoga, so to speak, my um, my meditation to go work out and, you know, lift weights and things like that. Uh, but then it's like I'm more or less relaxed in the morning. Like I don't think as hard because I want to do more um, growth, I guess. So I find myself doing more relaxing things, sitting down enjoying a tv series or sitting down eating with quiet or with uh, some music because again that's that i i do attribute that to my wanting to explore creativity um i mean how can i be creative when i'm always consistently thinking and critically thinking at that and not really looking at my world and looking at all the designs and the, the gizmo well not that gizmos but looking at what's out there and now my mind is relaxed and i'm like it makes me look at things and have idea aha moments so i would say my morning and my morning kind of juggles between working out and going swimming and things like that to just relaxing and looking at what the world what's around me and uh what new thing can i think of and dive into it's definitely interesting i mean in, in the earlier part of this conversation i mean we talked a lot about analytics 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 and it's funny as, as the conversation starting to shift a little bit is more creative 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 so yeah. like this is the next like question is like you know if you had to kind of measure like your intellectual side right do you think that you're 50 percent analytical and 50 percent creative like what's your ratios look like i, I would say I'm, I'm really glad you asked that question i would say i would am now 65 percent analytical and 35 percent creative which i do want to find a balance now because I, I i really want to impress that being creative is extremely important and as we look on our you know our news channels it's extremely popular it's 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 when we have that when i have that creative side to me i i, I really want to look at how to make things better right so analytics is good do not get me wrong i, I love analytics love data love uh statistics I, I really do love that side of things but it ends when you say well here's the data and here's what it means okay uh yes a lot of people like to eat hamburgers so what where does it go from there so do we do do we, <laughs> do we go out and build you know look for ways to uh build i guess better hamburgers or better flavored hamburgers and things like that and that's the creative side so that is only answering or being analytical is only answering one question or one side of the question the other is we got we know why now what do we do about it and those things need to have like a lasting i think lifetime it's like they need to 
they need to have some type of tangibility. Um, they need to have something that we can touch, we can we can look at, we can feel, we can smell. It needs to affect our senses. And I think that is what I want to grow into. Is like I want to create things that grow into our senses to say, you know what, I can touch, I can feel it. It's solving my problem. And that's when I'm known that my create that's what that's what I measure my creativity as. It's like I what do I do to solve a problem today, but I don't want to solve it in the inst of I guess doing a uh, non-tangible thing. Um, but on the other side of that fence, there's also impacting a person's experience, right? Like that's how another way I want to grow my creativity. It's like we, we do one day it, something with a tangible product or something with a impactful experience, I think. And that is what the balance that I'm looking to do. Uh, now I can't speak for anybody else, but I want to do that. I want to be able to either number one, do the analytics, number two, either have an impactful experience or give an impactful experience or create a product that could be seen, touched, felt, and that consistently solves problems, you know, and uh, innovates new or explores new ground for more um, problem solving and innovation. So I think I went around the block a little too much on that one. <laughs> no, I think you definitely you answered it. Um kind of just again i'm taking in everything that you're saying and i, I like to like take what you said earlier and put it together and, and formulate new questions because of that so i mean earlier on you were talking about like books for example and you were saying that you you wanted to have more time for reading but i would think earlier on based upon that statement that you had some time to read at one time so this next question is a three-part question what books did you read on your journey like what books that stand out to you as a landmark book that kind of help you get to where you are right now Second part to this question is, um, if you are reading anything, or maybe you're listening to audiobooks, what kind of books or audiobooks are you listening to today? And the last part of this question is, have you had an opportunity to author any books as of yet? Oh, first part. Uh, what book am I currently, well, I, that I have read? You know, I've read, uh, I wouldn't title my books. So I've read or like Organizational Change when I was interested in that. Um, so I've read books about strategic organizational change. Um, I've read books about organizational development because, again, I had this so-called uh, busy mindset of job, and I, and I had to wean myself of that bad. I mean, I, I was like a guy smoking cigarettes. It was just that addictive, and it was uh, and also unhealthy to consistently read about work that I um, that really didn't really interest me down in my soul, and, and I realized that. Um, but one actually comes to mind that I loved reading was Warren Buffett's uh, biography. Um, I was heavily in investing at the time, and I wanted to read about him, the greatest investors of our time. I wanted to just uh, read about his mindset, like where's his origin, what he did, how did how did he do it. I read that book from top to bottom, and that that book I remember, and I'm going to tell you another one in a minute. That book I remember vividly because I wanted to copy his style. I just wanted to know how he thought and how he approached and engaged people. Um, so the second, another one I can think of is Giants. Um, and man, I keep forgetting the author, but it was a book about the biographies of Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln. And in those periods where the two men, the book actually takes the origins of these two men and gradually intersects them um, to where they're making an impact in, in the country. Well, you know, when they were alive and uh, that book I liked because I read it three times. It entertained me that much, and and I loved reading it. I loved 
uh, just just knowing that story about you know two great figures that you know of our time that you know should never be forgotten. So um, as far as audiobooks go, and I too honestly need to get more into audiobooks. Um, I don't have a favorite one yet, and uh, I definitely if I come back here on the podcast, I definitely would like to <laughs> advise you of what which ones I choose um, because I want to choose a book, an audio book that really gets my creative side going. And you know what? I had this revelation, uh, you know, just a few, really a few days ago. Uh, I would say about a week ago at most that I used to be, be creative. I used to actually want to think things. I used to want to design things. And I realized looking back on it, it's like if I wasn't designing or if I wasn't coming up with something new, I was doing work that I wasn't supposed to be doing. And that led me to change my just perspective on things. So uh, I'm going to actually look in Apple Podcasts and see what, um, or the audio, you know, the audio library to see what I can find. Like I said, I'd like to come back with you an answer for that. And I'm not currently authoring any books at this time because it's hard for me to sit down and write like that long. Um, I don't really want to be too long-winded. And like I said, hopefully somebody will listen and say, yeah, you long-winded. Um, but no, I want to, um, one day I want to co-author an essay. Uh, and I may be close to that very soon. Um, because I do realize that, um, you know, reading should be about getting to the point, but also get to the point while telling the story um, before that point and even after that point occurs. So I want to hone in my writing skills before I go into that area of writing books. So Nice, nice. So, I mean, with that, I mean, you're talking about soft skills versus hard skills. And, and again, mm-hmm. technology is like your spectrum in space. So but what tools do you use on a day-to-day basis? I mean, you, earlier on, you mentioned that you, you code in Python. Are there any particular tools that you use to kind of facilitate in, in the AI space? Well, uh, for pure AI, no. I've Actually, I've stopped coding for AI purposes because I, I, I've got myself a lot of classes, but I'm still kind of doing a little here and there with it. Um, but I would say tools for Python is definitely Visual Studio Code. Um, and I think it's called PyCharm, I believe. So those are the two ones that I use uh, frequently um, when I do code and things like that. Uh, and also, um, trying to think about tools that I use. Resources I uh, use were W3Schools, which is, I, I think, it just teaches very good coding as well. So I, I frequently on that, kind of trying to get my muse to uh, come up with some ideas. Um, as far as what to code and just to, just to kind of keep my eyes up and not just go to sleep on it. And um, uh, I would think that would be it because I'm not heavily into the coding yet. I'm as more into the reading and kind of exploring. Um, and that and that is only because I'm involved in a lot. Like I said, I'm still teaching a lot. And I uh, personally now have a you know consulting assignment. So that's really leave me much time to kind of dive into the actual coding part of it yet. But I would definitely say those programs that I mentioned are what the resources I use. And, and like I said, the website I mentioned, W3 Schools, are what I use to kind of keep my mind sharp in that area. Let's just go into like final words of wisdom. So, I mean, obviously, this is the business podcast, so there may be multiple different personalities and multiple different industries listening to, to this particular episode. So what words of insight would you give them to heed, to at least dive into the spectrum and space to comprehend and understand AI a little bit better? 
Oh, good question. So thinking from a psycho psychological point of view, just uh, ask yourself these questions because I'm always about having interrogative conversations. Number one, do you need it? And um, I say that from really because you're the one running the business. You're the one that has ownership of that business. Do you need it right? And if that answer is yes, then the next question would be, does your market need it? Um, I would say for artificial intelligence, understand it, get to know it, uh, read about it, talk, have conversations about it, really its viability in your business and your market, because that's what you want to make sure that it does. Because you, the, the thing is, it's like, don't buy it because it's a flavor of the month. Don't, don't even, if you're not interested, if it doesn't really belong to your business, don't, don't mess with it. I, I would steer clear from it, but um, read about it and get to know it and look at the problems that it's solving in your industry as we speak. Because um, if you're in a market where your customers can't, you know, it, it really helps your customers or your, your clients or your consumers, then yes, I would say definitely dive into it and look at some options um, to either build it, your, you know, build it yourself and that, that can't happen or hiring somebody to install it or, or whatever that case may be. But if it doesn't have any use in your business or personal life or in your market, market where your customers are and your clients are and consumers are, I say don't bother with it because again, you don't want a distraction in your business and you and a, and a financial distraction at that. So um, just get to know it, know what it can do, read more about it uh, and talk to somebody that's that's been in it. Um, like I said, I would never consider myself a full expert AI yet because it's just too vast. It's like trying to cover, you know, Death Valley Desert. You know, it's just that much big because there's so many facets. But um, talk to someone that knows its uses. Like, did, did, that, did, did that person benefit from it? So winding down, just ask a lot of questions. Do a lot of reading as with any subject. And just ask yourself, like I said, A, do I need it? And B, does my market need it? Nice. So, I mean, with that, I mean, how would someone get in contact with you if they wanted to kind of bounce some ideas off of you? Well, right now, uh, I have my website, which is um, myaipartners.com, and my email address is roy.simpson at myaipartners.com. Uh, best way, though, I is LinkedIn because I am on there a lot reading myself and learning myself. Um, so I, um, I do have a LinkedIn page up. Um, so definitely message me and connect with me there. Um, just to kind of keep it simple, those two are the best places that I would go, but LinkedIn especially. So going into bonus, I got a couple of bonus questions for you. So okay. the first one is always, is always an interesting question because you know, it's always like psychoanalyzing based upon someone's answer. And being that I'm dealing with someone that psychoanalyzes probably everything that, that, that they talk to everyone, this question is gonna be kind of interesting. So if you could be a superhero, who would it be? And why? Oh, Superman, definitely. Superman, I, I, I've always been a Superman fan. Um, and I, A, I guess because, well, it's like I got a heart of gold, but if you push me too far enough, it's, it, it's just going to show another side of me that I don't want to show and whatnot. And um, I think it's just because, you know, you, you want to see yourself with, you, you have power, you have knowledge, you want to see yourself do good with that power and knowledge. So it's like, uh, use, use your strength. I use my strengths to my advantage, you know, and uh, Superman does the same. So he's always been my favorite hero. Matter of fact, 
a little light story that my daughter and when we went to this, my daughter and I went to this Lego uh, show uh, showroom, and they were selling little Lego action figures. And of course, I bought Superman. <laughs> so uh, he stands on my nightstand to this day, and um, you know, he's, he's he's definitely my favorite superhero that I, I do um, I do admire. I do admire. So another one for you. If you could spend 24 hours with anyone, dead or alive, uninterrupted for those 24 hours, who would it be and why? That's a great question. Um, man, so I honestly, oof, that, that is a good question. Um, I would say, I would say the God, my God, my creator, because I also have an interest in astronomy as well. And if I could spend four 24 hours, it would be like, what's with all these planets and stars? And and how come this we got a big universe and exoplanets and where we could live? And I, I would I would have so many astronomy questions and astronomy conversations. And um, you know, I I think that I would spend time just asking about those things because I'm really big into astronomy and learning about planets, and my daughter is as well. So Honestly, that it's like, why this universe? Why so big? What's what's that? What's that? So it'd be like kindergartner, kindergartner to a teacher, just asking about what's beyond our Earth and planet and stuff. So that that would be my choice, um, just to know the origins of you know where we came to be, things like that. So respect that. I think deep down side, I think everyone has that question. You know, like, are we alone? And if we're not alone, how soon are we going to find out if we're alone or not? Right. So kind of goes into that asking that million dollar with that. It's a, it's a quadrillion question, right? It's a, it's a, you can't even put a number to that question. Like how much of that question would be worth? It's an infinite amount. So, um, yes. unreal. Yeah, it's unreal. So uh, going into to, to closing, I like to, um, you know, going back to the whole thing we talked about earlier about substituting the host for the show. So I'm going to give the microphone to you. You're going to become the host of Boston Cage Podcast, and then you have opportunity to ask me any question that may have came up during this interview. Oh, where do I begin with such a brilliant mind? Um, man, so going, looking at our questions that we've asked, would you 100% trust your and you may you, you did answer this already, but I want to reiterate that. So would you 100 would you 100 percent trust artificial intelligence to run your podcast as the host? I guess it comes down to the time, right? Because time is the only thing that we can't really get back. So are you talking about run it forever, or would I be willing to do a couple episodes? Hmm. Which is interesting. I'm glad you kind of threw a question within a question. Hmm. Um because not because uh, if you notice, I didn't ask those two. I said, would you 100% trust a AI to run your show? So that tells me something. So the fact of the matter is that when you threw those two factors in there, mm -hmm. that tells me that you wouldn't because you gave conditions. Mm -hmm. You did give conditions to that. And, 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 and this is a kind of a teachable moment here with, with questioning. So if I normally ask a question and somebody kind of throws factors in there, because I'm, I'm aware of what questions that I ask. And, and, and as human beings, we, we do think complex. And like this doesn't go against intelligence. It doesn't go into intellect or anything like that. But it's, and this is, I'm sorry, I played psychologist a little bit. It's like, well, I think it was an eight, a yes and no question. 
But the complexity behind that question is that, okay, I want to add a little bit of it. So I kind of want to get an understanding where he's coming from, but I didn't answer yes or no. Right. So again, nothing wrong with the question, nothing wrong with that portion of it. Again, that has nothing to do with intellect, that has nothing to do with intelligence, that not even in that airspace. But I just find it interesting that a yes and no question kind of elaborate. So, but, but this is something I will add to it, you know, and would you let AI run your podcast forever? I think at where I'm at right now, I would say yes. I, I'll, I'll be I'll be willing to 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 jump jump off that okay. cliff. Okay, okay, and and I like that. I, I like that having that trust. Uh, um, knowing our conversations that we've had before, um, I, I you you tackle the tech really well, and I, I have to give that to you. That that is absolutely positively a, a plus in my book because tech, technology is a wonderful thing. Like I love really exploring it more. To making our world just grow um, in an instance, and it's good that you trust it um, that well. I would just say that if knowing, if I know you as well as I think, if, as, as, uh, as well as I think I do by just our conversations alone, I would say you would have a lot of questions before it took over. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, if you just, I'm just giving you straight yes or no answers, but I mean, obviously there'll be variables, too, right? <laughs> if we're talking about AI, there's going to be variables. It's, uh, once these variables are established and I feel comfortable with those variables, then by all means, let right. AI run it. Right, right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know what? You really, in saying that, you proved my point. It's like, you're not going to trust something unless you know, and variables is actually a very good answer. It's like, you know what? What about this factor? What about this factor? What about this factor? What about this factor? You just did pretty much in five seconds with your answer what this whole podcast was about. Mm-hmm. I trust AI, but I have some questions first. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Any other questions? Uh, No, sir. I mean, that was really kind of my lingering one, and I wanted to know just your thoughts on it, and uh, you answered it really well. I appreciate that. Well, I definitely appreciate you taking time out your busy schedule to be on the Boston Cage podcast today. It was definitely an enlightening one. And again, it's it's one of those things. It's a topic, man, that if you're not talking about it, you hear about it. It's kind of like, well, right. what is it really? And just kind of having the insight from you to kind of dive into it was definitely refreshing. Right. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I enjoyed it as well. It, it's just it, coming from you and doing this podcast and having your open mind to it really helped explore even more and gave me more things to think about myself as far as AI is concerned. It's, it's it, it, like I said, it's a big, vast world. And probably when you, when you and I start collecting social security, I think that when this will be at its half zenith of when it, of evolution and stuff, but we are, we are far ways off. And I think this considering the psychology, psychi- psychology with it is very important. And you've made that happen with your questions and, you know, engagement. So I, I appreciate that as well. Great, great. SA Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com. 
or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss on Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.